You sound like a bitch, bitch. Shut the fuck up. When your fans become your haters. You done? Beard, weird. Yeah. Right. Yelling at the mic. Weird, weird. Doing this Yelling once. Doing this weird. Why you yelling at the mic? Rihanna just hit me on a text. Last night I left hickeys on her neck. Wait. You just dissed me, I'm perplexed Insult me in a line, compliment me on the next Damn, I'm really sorry you want me to have a heart attack Was watching 8 Mile on my Nauta track Realized I forgot to call you back Here's that autograph for your daughter I wrote it on a starter cap Stan, Stan, son, listen Man, dad, isn't mad But how you gonna name yourself After a damn gun and have a man bun Giants woke eyes open, undeniable Supply and smoke, got the fire stoked Say you got me in a scope, but you grazed me I say one called it in a scope, and you Swayze Your reply got the crowd yelling woo So before you die, let's see who can out Petty who with your corny lines Slim your old Al Kelly, ooh, but I'm 45 And I'm still out selling you By 29, I had three albums that it blew Now let's talk about something I don't really do Go in someone's daughter's mouth, stealing food But you're a fucking molehill Now I'ma make a mountain out of you Woo! Ho, chill, acting like you'll put the chrome barrel to my bone marrow Gonna bitch, you ain't a bow and arrow Say you run up on me like a phone bill Spraying lead, playing dead that's the only time you hold still Are you eating cereal or oatmeal? What the fuck's in the bowl, milk? Wheaties or Cheerios? Cause I'm taking a shit in them, Kelly I need reading material Dictionary Yo, Slim, your last four albums suck Go back to recovery Oh, shoot, that was three albums ago What do you know? Oops, know your facts before you come at me, little girl. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast I am your host, the captain, the leader, the legend Of all things you see, All-American Chelsea What's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back to you again Live from beautiful Miami and the good old US of A was going out. I had to open up this podcast with the song that's been tearing it up on the internet. And that is Kill Shot from the Homie. I, I, you know what? It's a little bit disrespectful to call him the homie. Like, he's not the homie. The man is the rap god. He's the fucking legend, Eminem. And I knew. I knew that this was going to happen to MGK. I knew it. I knew it. Like, you don't diss Eminem and think that, oh, you know, it's going to work out okay. Many have tried. All have failed. The dude is a rapping genius. Like, when MGK, like, if you, Bizarre from D12, who is a friend of Eminem, who who has you know done songs with Eminem, who's a rapper himself, he said it perfectly in a video. He says, you know, he said, MGK, that was an excellent attempt. Uh that was excellent, um, it was great work. He feels he felt like MGK stood stayed up all night coming up with a diss record. But we all knew. At least I knew, and a majority of the people in hip-hop circles all over the internet knew what exactly was about to happen to MGK. And that was straight fire. Don't get me wrong. The MGK song, the MGK diss track is a respectable diss track. But this Eminem kill shot is just next level. Just all the things you, you listen back to it over and over and over and over again. Things like, you know, he said, I had to give you a career so I could destroy it. God damn. 
I'd rather be an 80-year-old me than a 20-year-old you. God damn. God damn. And ah, you just don't fuck with some people. You just don't. You don't fuck with certain people. And Eminem just proves time and time again that when he wants to kick your ass and literally destroy you, he can at any moment in time. What's going on, everybody? You know, like, I'm so happy to be coming back to you. Like, like I had the last, like, two and a half weeks, um, my schedule got all fucked up, whether it was with work. Um, then I took a holiday, went to Disney with the family. But I think we're coming out of it. I'm coming out of, like, my busy schedule that I had. And now it's going to be back to just, like, regularly coming at you with the podcast uh the way i want so it's just good to be back good to give you like timely updates like for example last night was the canelo alvarez triple g fight which i believe triple g got robbed once again <sighs> even though i'm not the biggest boxing fan i'm not i'm not i i'm a kid i, I was born in 83 so i grew up with mike tyson um with julio cesar chavez even I mean, you could even throw in Oscar De La Hoya. You had the George Foreman fight. Um, Lennox Lewis. I actually met, not met Lennox Lewis. I don't want to say that. I want to say that I ran into Lennox Lewis. Um, look at that. The Miami Dolphins, another touchdown. That's three. Finally. So, I'm here. I got the Dolphin game in the background on mute. Um... So I ran into Lennox Lewis I, coming out of a club. He was coming out. I was going in. But I grew up in, in what I think was an excellent period in boxing. And just it, it went after Mike Tyson. Everything went downhill, you know, for me in boxing. I got into the I got into the UFC. I got into MMA. And I just find MMA way more exciting. But I do tune in. Uh, for the big boxing matches. And just last night, I felt like, I just felt like I'm watching, I'm like watching boxing and I am always feel like I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for something to happen. And then, you know, last night you had the, what was it, the end of the, let's call it 10, 11, and 12. Those three rounds were great rounds, good rounds, good rounds. But that's nine minutes out of 36. Nine minutes of 36. Where, yeah, in the UFC, you can have, you know, there's plenty of fights that are boring. I'm not going to say that it's not. Plenty of fights at MMA are boring. But I just feel like, I don't know, and it's not it's not a knock against boxing or is this not me shitting on boxing, but it's just for me. I, I, prefer, I prefer MMA. I just feel like, for me, it's a little bit more exciting. Um, and I don't know, like, that's just my feelings. Again, I'm not shitting on boxing. Uh, I did a little boxing myself. There is a, that is a sweet science. Um, and boxers, for the foreseeable future, will always be better than MMA fighters in boxing. And, you know, but that's it. Like, boxing is limited. You're limited to only your hands. 
And when you have the possibility of wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, kickboxing, Muay Thai, all these other weapons, karate, um, taekwondo, it just, I don't know, it just more weapons, more excitement. That's what I think. But, yeah, so we had that last night. Uh, going back to Killshot, Eminem put out Kamikaze, the Kamikaze album. And for the, I think that I've been an Eminem fan since since the beginning, uh, since high school. And I think this album, Kamikaze, was on par with old Eminem, where a majority of the album is very good. You have some, I think that's it. I think most albums are like that. You have some songs that are like, eh. Uh, but majority of the album was super enjoyable, and I just felt like Eminem is back, like back to lyrically destroying, and and just going in, just going in. He went on, he went in on Joe Buttons, on MGK, on who else, on Mumble Rap. Like he's he's a beast. He's a beast, no doubt about it. So. For this episode of the podcast, getting to football, because it's a football podcast and not fucking, you know, the All-American Hip Hop Podcast. This is a football podcast. So getting into the podcast, this weekend, Chelsea played Cardiff City after the international break, and it was such a fun game. 4-1 victory, and I got the homie KB, Kyle Bennett from Carefree Booth Podcast, and I brought him on, and we did a match review. I had a great time with Kyle um, and I think you guys are going to enjoy the episode. So sit back and relax. And please welcome my boy Kyle from Carefree Blues Podcast. And I'll catch you guys uh, at the end of it. What's going on, everybody? I'm here with the homie Kyle Bennett from We... You Wait. Carefree Blues, Jesus Christ! I almost plugged. Yes. I almost plugged the wrong podcast. God, <laughs> <laughs> we're here with Kyle Bennett from uh, Sky Sports and BBC <laughs> News. He also writes for ESPN FC. This guy does it all, ladies and gentlemen. He does it all. Jesus Christ! Um, we're here with Kyle. He hosts the podcast Carefree Blues. Um, my man Kyle has and I have been going back and forth on Twitter. And this has been a, a, a long time coming, my friend. A long time coming. Um, and I'm happy to have you on, Kyle. Happy to have you on. Yeah, happy to be here. It's been, uh, man, this started like two months ago, it seems. Yeah, yeah, so we've been going uh, back and forth. It's, it's been a long time coming. So I'm happy to have you on. And uh, so I guess to start it off, how the hell did you get into podcasting? And how the hell did you get into Chelsea football? This always seems like the common question amongst Americans. How did you get into this sport? So, uh, like, I grew up playing soccer. I, you know, basically could use both of my feet to kick the ball, like, ever since I could walk, essentially. I, I can't really I remember a time where there wasn't a ball at my feet. Essentially, hey, Kyle, um, is it is it? I've heard a, a rumor that as growing up they called you Kyle Dino. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Kyle Dino. Ronald Dino actually got his name after me, so <laughs> I, uh, I inspired his name. Um, but yeah, so you know, so I grew up. Uh, I grew up playing, played in high school, uh, and then when college rolled around, I decided that there were uh, you know other things that I would rather do besides play soccer. Um, but as far as Chelsea is concerned, uh, 
so I played the FIFA video games growing up, and it was, uh, I think, I want to say it was FIFA 2000, I believe. Um, it had uh, Chris Sutton was on Chelsea, and obviously Chris Sutton didn't do very well IRL, but on FIFA 2000, I remembered uh, I played like a whole season, and uh, I must have played it on like the easiest game mode or whatever, or the easiest uh, difficulty level. I scored like 200 and some goals with him that year <laughs> on Chelsea in a season, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's pretty much where it started from there. I was like uh, I'd have been about like nine or ten years old at that point, um, so that's kind of where it started. Obviously, you know, living in America, there wasn't really yeah. Chelsea wasn't really on TV all the time. Uh, there was like Fox soccer channel, I think was a thing back then. Um, but you know, so I, I, have been following the club for quite some time. Uh, and then back in, oh, I don't know, maybe 2012, maybe, um, I was approached on Twitter by, uh, a guy that ran the site soccer yanks who, which is now defunct, but, uh, he just, I guess he just saw me tweeting about Chelsea and soccer and stuff and, uh, just asked me to come on. And I thought, man, what the hell? I'd never, I'd never written anything before. I, uh, I actually failed freshman English, uh, when I was in college, my second semester, I think I took it. Damn. Yeah. And then, uh, I took it like three years later and ended up getting, a, getting an A in it and, uh, it went really well, but so I, I just decided to try it out, and uh, eventually they had a podcast, uh, oh, what was it called, Homegrown. Um, so I made a couple of appearances on there, and then the guy that ran the site, he was an Arsenal fan, and he said that he sort of felt like it would be good if like we could both sort of uh, basically do columns on the season. Uh-huh. Um, and he would do an Arsenal column, I would do a Chelsea column. And it lasted for uh, lasted for about two months, and then I don't know. Just the, the I appeared on the podcast a couple of times, and it was something I really enjoyed. I was just using some crappy uh, I uh, the earbuds uh, with the microphone, so the, the my sound quality was terrible. But it was something I really enjoyed, and uh, I think it was just. I mean, I I, I enjoyed writing, but it, podcasting has been something where I I like it uh, to get my takes out there i guess uh i think it's a better avenue to do or maybe not necessarily better but an easier avenue to do it um so it's just sort of something i'd been you know looking into and then uh i reached out to uh Amity on twitter uh at i'm do it double underscore uh way back in the day and uh he was pretty much the only person i talked to about chelsea on a essentially day-to-day basis it seemed uh on twitter i I didn't know him personally or anything. He lives up in, uh, well, he lives in New York now, but he lived in Boston at the time. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a friendship that just kind of got going from there. And then we started, and this is our fifth year doing the podcast, I think. Damn, that's inspiring, homie. Yeah. So that's it's, inspiring. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's never something that I, I really got into thinking, you know, I want thousands of people to listen to this and hear what I have to say because, because I mean, really, especially in today's day and age, there's so many different. There's so many podcasts about the same topic, but it's just a matter of being different. And you know, what can what can I provide for someone else that someone else you know isn't providing them with that podcast or you know whatever it may be. Um, 
So it's uh, but it's you know it's it's a fun journey. I, I still write. I'm a uh, sports reporter at my local newspaper, and I do a little bit of writing about Chelsea on the side, and uh, I do some uh, work for fantasy football for SB Nation. So I I definitely still write a lot, but uh, podcasting has really been something that I've. It's been uh, a little bit of a labor of love, but it's it's something I really enjoy. Well, I mean, you mentioned it real quick, so I just want to t- get your hot take on the Josh Gordon situation. Uh, I'm a Josh Gordon guy. Uh, I have him all three of my leagues. Yep, I, I've I've always believed in him, uh, and the talent's really there. I think it's just a, uh, a little bit of a mental thing, I guess. Um, I don't really blame the Browns for sort of wanting to move on because I mean they had it's been a long time that both of them have been trying to figure it out, get Josh going on the right track. Uh, and it just hasn't worked. And I, I truly do think that Josh, I, I don't think it's a matter of Josh not wanting help or not seeking help. I definitely think that he is. Um, but I, I think it was just a matter of Cleveland is, you know, they're trying to turn over a new leaf. They've won one game in two years. And I think they're just trying to turn that leaf over and just get a fresh start. And I think Josh Gordon is kind of like the last uh, sort of semblance of that. Joe Thomas retired and then, you know, Josh Gordon, he'll be gone by Monday. So. Yeah, no, and if anybody, real quick, if you if you don't know the situation, Josh Gordon has been in on the Cleveland Browns what five years now? Five? Uh, yeah, it's probably, it's probably something been like about that. Five years. Yeah. So five years, he's a top five talent, but every single year that he's played in the NFL, um, which has been well, he's been in the NFL five years, and he's technically only played three years, four years. I think three, yeah. Three years. Now, those three years have been plagued with what I like to call an oh, by the way. He has a breakout season. Oh, by the way, he gets caught with um, – with uh, he breaks the NFL substance abuse policy. Um, gets suspended for a few games, comes back, has an amazing game, 200 yards, 20 touchdowns. He goes off. And then a couple of games later, oh, by the way, he breaks it again and he's suspended again. So this situation, last season he was suspended all last season. I think he came back for like two or three games. Yeah, Um, it was near the end of the season. It was near the end of the season. He had his first game he came back, he scored two touchdowns. He had like 200 and something yards, something like that. Yeah, yep. And then um, everything was looking up. He had a little bit of an issue in the summer. Um, in the off season, where he was going to he potentially miss some games, I think there was an injury in there, but it was all cleared up. Everything was fine. He played last week. He had a touchdown. He had an okay game for his standards. So everything was looking up. Um, and then on Friday, the early reports are that on Friday he showed up to practice late, and then at the end of practice he seemed to have. Um, get an injury in his hamstring and then yesterday sometime throughout the night uh the news broke that and yesterday meaning saturday the news broke that come this monday tomorrow he was going to be released by the cleveland browns ending uh his time over there he's going to be an unrestricted free agent means he can be picked up by any team in the nfl and i guess the only question is why did they cut him if they cut him for drugs nobody's going to touch him um, which I think is bullshit. Uh, he, it's not like this guy is uh, high on crack or coke or anything like that. He gets busted for weed and alcohol. Um, but 
you know, it's against the rules and policy of the NFL. And but this guy is an amazing talent, one of the best in the world. Um, and it's just funny that in spite of Cleveland has stuck with him through ups and downs, through all the bullshit. And if it is just a hamstring and late to practice, it's like, kidding me? Like, you're really going to cut him after all of this? You could have cut him before that. But after all of this, you're going to cut him for this, something so simple. So we, it, time will tell why he got cut from Cleveland. If it's drugs, understandable, because he would be suspended probably indefinitely. He probably would never be able to come back. Yeah, um, I think that is the case. Yeah, I, it, I, it, it's more. It's pro- Here's the thing. It's just like in any business. Um Sports is just like any other business. If you have a guy, if you have a guy in your sales department that is more trouble than he's worth, however, he brings in 10 times the amount of money that the next sales guy brings in or any other sales guy that you can bring in, you're going to put up with that guy's bullshit. And that's Josh Gordon. You know, yeah. Josh Gordon is an amazing talent, but you have to put up with bullshit. Um, and. If it's if he broke the NFL substance abuse policy again for what the third time, he, I think it, yeah I think it would be the third time. Third time he would be he would be suspended indefinitely. He might be kicked out of league. Yeah, um, I think the third time is is the one. I know that's the way it is for steroids, but uh, but you know again like personally if if it's weed like these guys you know the type of head trauma they go through for weed. Like and to be suspended over weed, especially when it's legal in a ton of states. Um, on the state level, it's not legal federally, but uh, for him to be like kicked out of that is bullshit. But it is what it is. Those are those are the rules of the league. You know, you can't. Yeah. You can't. It's a policy. Yeah, at my job, and I'm sure at your job, that you know, there's rules that we don't necessarily care for, but unfortunately, we have to follow. Uh, And I, you know, I don't necessarily agree that, you know, like you said, it's weed. Like, it's not like he's, you know, doing cocaine or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, You know, so in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think it's, uh, it's not that bad. He could be doing much worse things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, it's whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Like, um, hopefully at the end of the day, you know, it's a sport and the guy's young. He's in his mid twenties. So, yeah, that's the thing. He's not like he's not like thirty two or anything yeah. like that. You know, he's he's got the whole he's got his whole career ahead of him. If that's you know, it's just a matter of if that's the route he wants to go and and you know stay in the NFL. If that's what he wants to do as a career choice, he has all the power in the world. You know, he's he's the only one that can decide that. He's the only one that can decide his future. Yep, yep. So I I, I just hope that it works out in the end for him. And if he is suspended and kicked out indefinitely from the NFL, that you know he he lands in a good place, um, in his personal life, mentally, and, and you know he doesn't, it doesn't turn out to be a story we hear on ESPN. You know, we're, let's interview Josh Gordon from prison. Like yeah, like yep. you know, I hope I hope it's it it all works out in the end for him, no matter what happens. You know. So, yeah, the NFL could use uh they could use some feel good stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but again, like I always say when I get caught up in another story that has nothing to do with Chelsea football, this is the All-American Chelsea podcast, not the All-American Josh Gordon 
Cleveland Browns podcast. So, <laughs> Kyle, talk to me. Yesterday we played Kyle. Uh, yesterday we played. I was almost gonna say Kyle's uh, kind of city. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like sometimes, like my mouth and my brain don't like they they, they don't connect right. The cables are not all there. Um, yesterday we played Cardiff City at home. Uh, the final score was four to one, and walking away from the match, there's only there's only a couple of words you can say, and they uh, include Eden Hazard is fucking amazing, top of the league. You think I covered the whole thing there? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Um, you know, we, you and I talked about it before the podcast about the Miami Dolphins about how you know expectations. Going into the season weren't really high, but we we both knew that the team was going to be fun. And you know, granted with Chelsea, the expectations are high, but uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting them to win the league coming into the season. Um, really, I just wanted to finish top four essentially, and then pretty much anything else that happens outside of that is whatever. Um, I'm kind of coming around to Europa League and taking it a little bit more seriously, just because uh, really a lot of the top leagues in the world. Uh, the the teams are getting a lot better. Like, Serie is not necessarily... Yeah, sure, it is a one-horse race with Juve, but it, it, at the same time, it's it's kind of not. Um, La Liga as well. Uh, is, you know, it's it's not just Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, you know, so a lot of the... A lot of these second-tier uh, teams, you know, that finish second through eighth in these other leagues in Germany and Spain and whatnot... Uh, are, are getting better and that's you know teams like that that don't get into the champions league we're still going to be playing good teams in the europa league at you know at, at some point uh that's where it's going to get to so but i i knew come <clears throat> coming into the season that this team was going to be fun at the very minimum it was going to be fun um and that i mean really that's looking at yesterday that's 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 what it was that that's kind of what chelsea embodied yesterday that you know they're going to be a fun team, and they're not. Uh, you know when when someone parks a bunch of people behind the ball, they're not just going to sit back and fear and and fear that they're not going to break through that wall. Yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, I'm I, I'm delusional in the fact that it, that I'm delusional in always thinking that no matter what. I'm associated with no matter what team I'm on no matter what team I support that that team is the best team on planet earth and there's no two ways about it so oh, yeah oh I, absolutely I've I believed from the from the beginning um that we were gonna win the league but I didn't 99% of that was me just being me and thinking that Chelsea football is Chelsea football club is the best club ever and we're just really fucking good at all times always but i i'm we we might not win the league but however i don't think what people had us on sky sports not even finishing in the top 6 or just outside of the top 4 maybe you know finishing at 6 5 i think I've always believed that was bullshit, and I'm and and I hope now they're starting to think that that's bullshit as well. I think we absolutely we're going to channel a challenge for the title, provided that everybody stays healthy. Um, and I think as a like in years past, this game against Cardiff, um, and this game coming up against West Ham would have been games where 
where we could highlight and circle me like this is a game that we might drop points or we very very real possibility we can drop points and I don't think that's the case anymore and it has nothing to do with defense it has everything to do with our offense um we looked amazing yesterday I pulled up some stats here on ESPN um let me give you the match stats for yesterday okay we got 76 percent possession against 24 uh how many shots on goal yesterday shots on goal 12 uh well shots 12 on goal four to their three shots on goal one on target uh what else um four goals yesterday and it was just yes i understand it was cardiff um, and a lot of people, it's easy to dismiss the performance yesterday because it was Cardiff. A lot of people are penciling Cardiff in as one of the teams that are going to be relegated at the end of the season. But God damn it, man. Kyle, we look fucking good yesterday, bro. We look yeah. good. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and it wasn't, it, it never really seemed like a matter of we just need to get a goal in and then this game will open up and we'll be fine. It, it, there wasn't really a point where, I was worried that we weren't going to come out with three points there. Yeah, no, I, I, um, all right, so let's get into the match. All right, so let's get into the match. So leading up to the game, we had, um, we had two stories going in. And the two stories that were, that, that were kind of, um, that came out, there was a lot of stories that came out, uh, after the international break, but the two biggest ones, at least that caught my ear, uh, was near War- Neil Warnock, um, what he was saying, what he said before the match, and that was that we're going to come out and we're going to attack Chelsea and that they would not rough up Eden Hazard. Um, and before the match, I'm like, I, I almost, I had to delete the tweet, but I almost, almost, when the lineup came out, I was like, you know what? I really wish we wouldn't start Eden Hazard because I am certain that Cardiff is going to foul him and they're going to rough him up. Um, and that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case yesterday, man. They, no. I, I, I felt like they were gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that they did. I'm glad they did act that way. You know, the hat trick, uh, you know, was certainly a nice touch. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, they probably regret not roughing him up. Um but you know, yeah, that that's that's kind of what I expected that was going to happen. Um, so it was it was a little surprising, you know, the half hour into the match where that hadn't happened yet. You know, yeah, they weren't, they weren't really going at his ankles or anything like that anytime he got the ball. As a matter of fact, I felt th- throughout the match that they were they were on the ground more than we were. Uh, we were roughing them up a little bit more. I mean, I, if it it was on. Uh, the Chelsea fancast on their podcast, they were talking about they. I think they even went on for an hour how there was no, there's nobody on our team that's kind of the enforcer. Uh, that who is going to step up for Eden Hazard when they inevitably foul him and clip at his heels? Like we're accustomed to seeing, we we've all have seen the pictures of Eden Hazard's socks after the match, cut up and bleeding. And man, I, I don't feel like that happened. And then. The other story going into it uh, before in, in, in Sari's pre-match uh, conference, he was being asked questions on 
where Chelsea could finish at the end of the season and um, how more or less, how does he think the team is going to perform coming off of an international break? And I got some quotes here for uh, from Sorry before the match. This Keep in mind, this is before the match. He said, at the moment, I can only see City and Liverpool uh, winning it at the moment. And then the next thing he said, you know, we need to take another step. Well, well I okay. if I'm going to quote him, let me say exactly what he said. I mean, <laughs> Kyle, right? This is a kind of a, it's that's kind of like a rule in journalism. Like if you if you say that the somebody quoted, you know, you're quoting somebody, you have to like say their words, like right, technically. Exactly. All yep. right, so this is an exact quote. Uh, we need to take we need another step to be at the same level. I think uh, it is too soon, but I hope not. And watching before our match, I, we you know, Liverpool. It was Liverpool versus Tottenham, two teams that everybody knew know, knew before the season that was going to finish ahead of us. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're going to be playing Liverpool coming up uh, September what? September 29th. I think it is. I think we play him. I think we play him back to back. I think we yeah, play we him play in the back league, and then back. we play him in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, we play him back to back. But we're gonna be there's gonna be a, the the week before we play him in the league, which would be a Saturday. We play him throughout the week. Uh, I don't have any predictions for the Carabao Cup, seeing how like it's gonna be youngsters. Who knows? Right. It's gonna be essentially two different teams playing yeah, out yeah. there. Yep. But I am telling you, our first eleven versus their first eleven, I think we're better. I, I yeah, currently at know, this moment I think we're better and I got nothing to fear when it comes to those two when it comes to Liverpool and Spurs. Spurs are are terrible. Yeah, well, you know, coming into the season I I felt really strongly that we would be in the top 3. Um Spurs, you know, their team didn't improve. I mean, they're they're okay, but the, you know, again, they didn't they didn't buy anyone, you know, they they essentially I think they sold one player for like not like less than a million or something like that. Um, but they didn't have any incoming transfers. Uh, and again, you know, I mean, Liverpool, yeah, they, they did some nice business and I, I kind of like the way that Liverpool is being run and stuff like that. Uh, just with their, their transfer policies and whatnot. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. And you know, city is city. So, you know, there's, I think Liverpool and city, I think before the season, you could definitely say that's going to be half of the top four. Um, and then United, you know, there's, uh, Jose third season, you know, the yep. that whole thing going on and it, it the soap opera started before the season even began. Uh so I did, I wasn't really feeling confident about them. And then Arsenal, I mean, yeah, they they went in an interesting direction. Uh Emery is certainly an interesting appointment. Um and again, still with them I'm not really too sure what to think, but you know, uh, but again, that was two spots out of the top 4 that were up for grabs and I mean, we're talking about a team in Chelsea that just won the league the year prior. So, you know, it's it's not, you know, yeah, sure, the system helped them win the, the league. But we're talking about a, a team with a squad that just won the league. And it's, you know, it's not like it was, it was more on the talent than it was the system. The system helped a, a good bit, but, you know, there's some class players on this team. So, you know, with, with, Bringing in Jorginho, which at the time I really underestimated how important that transfer was going to be. Same here. Uh, Same he's here. just 
absolutely incredible what he does. Uh, the Kovacic alone, again, that was something, too, that I just – so here's it's something I really like uh, is that Chelsea – essentially, teams that play Chelsea now, they, they have decided that man-marking Jorginho is the way to go, essentially. Well, they think so, at least. Yeah. Uh, and who was it? Callum Wilson, I think, that man-marked him against Bournemouth. Uh, two games ago, I think that's who it was. Uh, and then yeah, it would have been two games ago. Uh, yesterday it was uh Bobby Reed, and it, Jorginho is essentially just dragging that player all over the field, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. So, sorry essentially gives our our wingers uh, a free roaming uh, uh responsibilities, whereas essentially they're dropping into the midfield if Jorginho is not getting the ball. Uh, Louise, Rudiger, uh, whoever you know, whoever's in the back, whoever's on the ball, is breaking the line, getting through there, and we have a four on two in the middle of the field, essentially. Yep. Because you yep. have Conte and uh, and Kovacic or whoever the other center mid is, and then you got the wingers, Hazard, Pedro, Willian, whoever they are, coming in, and it's a four on two, and it's the perfect counter, basically, that you can just go from there and counterattack. And, and quickly go at goal. Uh, and I think that that is really, you know, Jorginho is the, the metronome of of making sorry ball tick or sorrismo or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, well, officially in the Italian dictionary, it's sorrismo. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. It is, uh, I, I found that out the other day that it's it's in their dictionary or whatever. Which um, is pretty cool. It's, it, that's yeah, pretty, it is. That's no, pretty I, dope. That's pretty I dope. Agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it, Again, coming into the season though, just uh, essentially now with hindsight being twenty twenty, I I don't see us finishing outside the top three. I just can't see it, and I think that the title race is going to be a lot closer than many think. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. Um, again, I will always say like I, in the, this is a fan show. To, Kyle, you're you're, you're I'm, I mean. Officially, do you have a card that says media? Like, do you have one of those hats, like in the old timey cartoons that says press on there? Like, like you're an official member of the media, like for your town, right? Like, yeah. So, yeah. like, it's like you can't you can't be so like you have to make your opinion and uh, outside of work and your opinion inside of work like seriously known, right? Like, right? To, yeah. But like me as a fan, I don't have that hat, nor do I have that card. So I'm able to wildly speculate left, right, and center with <laughs> no regard of any facts or data whatsoever. <laughs> it's part of uh, the benefit of being a fan, my man. So going into this season, and until proven otherwise, I believe that Chelsea will walk away from with from every single competition with from the men the kids the women every competition with three points with the victory and until i'm proven otherwise that's where it's going to be so before this season i was again we're winning 115 points this season until until i'm shown otherwise you know we're winning every game so and if we lose if we lose one then we're getting 112 points exactly 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 (laughs) so but like I, I I had that feeling going into this season, as I do every season, but I really, really believe that we are on the path, you know, and, 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 and Jose's 
a quote from 2013 and 2014 when he uh, the second time he managed us, which I believe we should have won the title that year. If Petrček doesn't get hurt in the last four games of that season, we win the title 2013, 2014. We win the title 2014, 2015, back to back. I, I 100% believe that. But he made um, a famous. Well, now it's more famous than 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 I think before, but where he believed at that time that our team was a little horse that needs a little bit more milk to be able to then to challenge. I think at this point in the season, we are 100% the little horse that needs more milk. Come come the end of the season, I don't believe we're still going to be the end of that little horse. I think we are, every day that passes, we are maturing further and further uh, and growing into into our into our man you know quote unquote adult man body with man strength um every day and i really believe that it's going to we're we're going to i think 10 games 12 games into the season we're going to be as good as we can get um we're really going to start hitting our prime and in seasons past, it would have taken a year. I don't think so anymore, man. I really don't think so anymore. I think by the end of the season, we are going to be legit title ta- challengers. Legit. You know, something I think that a lot of people forget is, and this isn't just this isn't just restricted to Chelsea or just to soccer, uh, but this is in all sports that, you know, I think a lot of fans don't, get that like at the end of the day these guys are professional athletes just because these guys have been playing counterattacking football for the last two years doesn't mean that they just forgot how to play possession football you know like yeah I, I didn't necessarily think that the style of play would look this good this quick but I didn't think that it was going to take a whole season to go into effect yeah. um yeah, you know, because like I said, you know, the, these guys don't just forget. And when you have a guy like Jorginho there, like he's not going to play counterattacking football. That's just not going to happen. He's not going to sit back, and you know, and the defense now, like David Luiz, Andreas Christensen, those guys, they're not going to be trying to break. They're not going to hold themselves from breaking those lines, getting the ball into the midfield, and getting into the attack. Like the that's just that's just not going to happen with those type of players. But they don't just forget how to play possession football and, and whatnot. They don't just lose that skill just because they haven't been playing like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess uh, this is the perfect time to go into the goals because one of, one of the goals, our first goal, first goal, first goal, second goal, one of the goals, I wrote it down here. Uh, Rudiger was the start of it all. So first goal was scored by Cardiff at 14 minutes and 53 seconds. It was a free kick from about 15 yards just outside of the halfway line um, on our end of the on the field. Uh, it was a free kick. Goes into the box. A, you have Sean Morrison, who's being marked by Alonzo, heads it over to the far side of the post. And it was scored by Bamba. And, and I swear, after, like, after he scored the goal, I was like, oh, shit, La Bamba. But I didn't want to like you like to like start going like saying that low hanging joke of a you know like I didn't want to go after the low hanging fruit be like oh La Bamba La Bamba but right, shit, right. it was definitely I definitely thought it I definitely thought it but uh, 
Labamba scores. I it wasn't like a a Zlatan uh, karate kick, and for those who haven't seen the Zlatan Ibrahimovic last night scored his 500th goal, um, and it was a, a for sure like a legit karate kick. Like he scored that was it. Wild. I, I don't know how the hell he always finds himself in these positions to just. Like to pull to 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 just throw his legs and have them always strike the ball. Like I don't I don't. It's part of the reason why I love this sport because like I see these guys do shit where I have like zero zero idea on how to where even start. But Labamba kind of I wouldn't again I wouldn't call it a karate kick, but it definitely like I got that feeling that he was it was a karate kick. So. And he scored um, against Far Post, and he was being guarded or man-marked by Jorginho. Now, the reason why that is kind of, like, important is Suleiman Sul- Bamba is six foot four and a huge six foot four. He's not uh, Olivier Giroud six foot four. They're both the same height. This guy is built like a tank. And he was being man marked yeah. by Jorginho, who is 5'11 and a small 5'11. I'm 5'11, six foot, depending on the day. But me and Jorginho are built completely differently. And I felt like this is when Sari says, like, we need to step up our defense. We need to improve more. Like, these are the things that he's talking about. Um, these little mistakes, because Jorginho, while he was marking uh, Bamba, Olivier Giroud was right there. Like, who? Somebody should have said, like, oh shit, like, there's a height difference here. Like, switch, switch, switch with me. Like, instantly, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I, and I, you know, it's, uh, it, I read this is kind of going on a little bit of a side tangent, but in college, I had this professor who uh, was a West Point graduate, best class I ever took. It was a business leadership course. And uh, he had this book. Um, I hate that I don't remember what it was called, but one of the chapters, it was titled Be Big About Small Things, and it was basically about how you know, treating these small things like they are the biggest thing in the world, it it has a snowball effect that if you, know, if you don't take care of the small things, the big things are going to be a lot worse. And I think that that's sort of the case here with little mental mistakes like this that really in the grand scheme of things – aren't huge but lead to goals where like you said Olivier Giroud standing right there why why isn't he switching off and saying hey I'll mark Bomba you mark you know whoever yeah and I am I'm literally googling as you speak that chapter uh about about that book I can't find the book I'll I'm gonna Uh, I'll, I'll try to find it I know part of the uh because that that sounds like an interesting like uh, just like the type of book that would be right up my alley. Like uh, I'm big on like leadership books and like uh, self-help it's, type of things. The the book is called Stand Your Ground, Building Honorable Leaders the West Point Way. It's okay. by Evan Evan Ofstein. Okay. Um, have you read the book by Jocko Willink? I have not. I've it, heard good things about it. But it's, awesome. It. it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome book. It's called Extreme Ownership for anybody who wants to go out, read out there. It's uh, Jocko Willink. Uh, two seconds. Jocko Willink. It's written by Jocko Willink and Leif, and Leif Babin. They um, were Special Forces, Navy SEALs. And it's leadership and I, I don't even call it self-help, but it's like leadership principles uh, learned 
on the battlefield. So the book is has nothing to do with military stuff as far as like, you know, battles and this. It's not that type of book, but it's like they use experiences that they've had in the battlefield to uh, highlight and underscore leadership uh, principles and ideas. So, I mean, it's their point of view, but you could easily substitute it. If they weren't in the Navy SEALs, it would be stories about leadership um, learned through experiences. You can substitute it with anything through business, through sports or whatever. But it's a phenomenal book. Excellent book. And the audio book is just as good. So, Jocko, a, he's a really just interesting guy. I heard him on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. And I think this is like kind of how he sort of uh, really kind of blew up uh in like popularity and and social status and stuff like that uh he was on the joe rogan podcast a couple of years ago yep it's but, episode uh, 700 it, it just, and change late, okay yeah uh, it's a late 700 and he was re just recently on uh he was just recently on what's this dude's name he had, Jocko has his own podcast. I'm using this time to think while I talk. Uh, he, <laughs> Jocko has his own podcast called the Jock. It's called Jocko Podcast. Um, uh, this dude's name. He was. He's a comedian. He was on Road Rules. Uh, he's hilarious. His nickname is the Rat King. Um. Ah, what's his name? God damn it. I swear to God, I wear. I I think of, I can I can remember. You play. You give me two lines, not even two lines. Two words from a rap song that I know from back in the '90s, and I can do the whole entire song on beat, minute for minute. But God damn it, right now I am. There's like things that I'm like names and stuff always escape me. I'll remember. Don't worry. I'll remember. <laughs> so so keep going. Keep going. The the, the, the you were talking about the book. Yeah, no, well, it's, you know, it's just kind of the, the principle that uh, is, you know, being big about small things and how, uh, like, if, if you don't take care of the small things. Uh, and, and, you know, he gave examples of, because uh, I don't, he graduated from West Point. I, I don't think that he did any tours overseas or anything, uh, but he did graduate from West Point. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, near the top of his class and stuff like that. Just a really... When I took the class, there was like three books that were required for the course, which obviously in college isn't very common. And uh, two of those books he wrote. And I thought, man, this guy, what a narcissist. <laughs> like, like, we got to buy his books and we got to give him, uh, you know, we got to pay. He's going to get royalties for us buying his book. And we go in there the first day of class. And he said, uh, he said, how many of you, uh, how many of you bought my book? And, you know, so pretty much everyone in the class raised their hand because they had it by then. And he essentially uh, he pulled a check out of his checkbook and he said, this is how much I get from uh, from Amazon anytime someone buys it. And I think Amazon was like the biggest the, the website that gave him the most royalties of, out of anywhere that it was sold or whatever. Uh, so he donated that plus like he added like fifty dollars onto it and he donated to Dumb. I don't even know what it was. But so it was like it, it was one of those things where going into it, I kind of got a sense of how humble this guy was. Um, and I've I, I've gotten to know him since then. Uh, but he's he's a really he's a really cool guy, really humble guy. And the, the book's awesome. It's I can't recommend it enough. 
dope, dope, dope. I'll, I'll be for you know, I'll for sure check it out. What was the name of the book again for for everybody off for the podcast? If they missed uh, it, it, it's called Stand Your Ground: Building. Uh, actually, hold on, I got to open the link back up. I DM'd it to you. Uh, yep, uh, I see it here. See here. I got it. Amazon Stand Your Ground. Yeah, Stand Your Ground: Building Honorable Leaders the West Point Way. Yep, I got it here. Got it here. Got it here. I'll definitely check it out, my man. I'll definitely check it out. So, like, like you were saying, that's 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 a little thing, but that switch right there, and it's part of you know. Sorry, keep saying after the match, he kept saying that you know we're we're fine, we're doing good, um, but we need to improve more. And these are the little things that we can improve more on. Um, that would make a difference. I mean, who knows? Like at the end of the day, we're watching human beings play with a round ball so anything is possible but who knows if that switch just if that switch was made we don't know if olivier would have been able to mark bamba to prevent the goal however it shows that we're in the right step and the guys are thinking the correct way um, right moving forward that's like you know th- th- those are the type of things that you want to see the guys thinking about yeah so, our first goal comes at the 36 minute and that was after i mean we had the I guess I'll mention it. Kovacic on the 17th minute had an amazing opportunity that was um, blocked by a Cardiff City, uh, Cardiff's keeper, which it was an amazing block. Um, the buildup, I, I think that's another key point for today. The link up play. The link up play was great. God damn, boy, the link up play was looking good yesterday. Holy shit. It- and that's and that's why that's why Kovacic was such a such an important buy that you know if you want to we're essentially inviting teams to pick their poison if you want to man mark Jorginho that's fine uh, you know he's still going to find ways to get the ball and, and and distribute and stuff like that but then you know you're going to have Kovacic who he's no joke hell you know, no like he he can he can pass the ball and that's you know that that's kind of what what's really crucial for this midfield hell yeah. Kovacic had it. He played great, and you can. Well, I'll save it for later. So, in the 36th minute, we had the first pass, and this is uh, like you were saying earlier, where you can have David Luiz or Rudiger break their lines and push forward. So, at the 36th minute, Rudiger passes the ball to Hazard, who Hazard flicks it onto Giroud, then who Giroud then sends it back to Hazard to link up, and Hazard buries the goal. Uh, well, he beats his man and bears the goal, blowing away from the keeper. Uh, that first goal, I'm thinking about in the future getting a camera and doing a live stream while I watch the games because I celebrate. I wish I would have gotten my celebration uh, on on video because I was jumping around like a little kid in Christmas, like when Hazard scored that goal because I just. I knew, I knew the guys after Cardiff scored the goal and 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 leading up to Cardiff's goal, um, you just felt like Chelsea needed. Sometimes they need, sometimes the boys need to be slapped in the mouth, punched in the mouth a little bit, just to be roughed around for them to get into the game and 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 get engaged and switched on, and tell themselves that no, fuck that, this other team is not gonna beat us. And I felt like they needed that a little bit yesterday, and after the goal from Cardiff. I feel like they got that, and they're like, "Oh hell no, this is not going down like that." And that goal, when ha- I, I knew it was coming, I knew it was coming, and I immediately after the goal, 
I saw the video of Ronaldo, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like, damn it, here we go again. And then I thought of Ronaldo scoring the goal and going, calma, calma. You know, like, calm down. I got it. I'm here. And, like, I, I, I kind of, like, settled down. But I knew, I knew the goal was coming. And holy shit, that goal from Hazard yesterday, it was not just the ball going in the back of the net. It was the whole buildup and play was beautiful, beautiful. Well, and so do you recall the pass that Alonzo played to uh, Rudiger uh, setting up the pass into the midfield? No, sir. Alonso. So essentially, <laughs> Jorginho, uh, so obviously he's being man-marked. He was in the center of the park. He ran over towards Alonzo over to the left. This was like we had the ball probably, I don't know, 70 yards from goal, 60 yards from goal. Mm -hmm. uh, ran over, was calling for the ball, but Reed was like sort of on his left hip a little bit, like three or four yards off of it. And Alonzo just plays this pass into space, uh, which, I mean, you know, I'm sure that we have made the pass in years past. But again, it was just such an incisive pass that – in years past, I feel you know we would have we would have dinked it back, uh, you know, to the center back, and then they would have passed it over the other center back, and then we would have passed it up into the midfield. But yeah, Alonso just plays this pass into open space, uh, getting it to Rudiger, and then you know, eyes up and just plays it right through Hazard in the midfield, and then right from there, two passes, and that's it. Yep, yep, and 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 it's something that that I <sighs> what the hell. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That scared the hell out of me. Okay, so I record on on the weekends um, in my wife's, in our salon. Like, my wife has a salon. She does makeup and, and, and beauty and all that stuff here at the salon. It's a private salon, so there's only one spot. Nobody's here. Nobody's here. And the door just closed behind me. It scared the, literally scared the shit out of me. God damn. All right, so... <laughs> Hey, stop closing the door. God damn, whoever. I don't know what it is. Um, God damn. So it, it it was it's like this new playing style. Like it's exactly what you're saying. Like like it feels like there's so much more space. I, I feel like don't you notice like more through ball, not through balls, but more passes up the middle, like and not like little five yard passes, like long passes right down 100%. the center of the park. Yep. So, so Hazard scores the goal. We're up. I mean, it's it's level one one, and I feel like the boys like it, it. They knew that it wasn't enough, and they kept driving and they kept going. They kept playing hard. You know, they didn't sit back. It, it, I mean, shit. I wouldn't fault them. It's thirty six minutes, 10, 10 minutes, certain change to go before half. You could have easily. They could have easily just held on one one. Gone into half, regroup, or whatever. But no, they kept driving. And in the 42nd minute, you have Jorginho passes it to Alonso, who then gives it to Pedro. Pedro gets inside the box, crosses a low, hard cross. That's one of these things. Like, it, like you say it's a cross, but it could have been just a pass. I mean, what's technically, what's the difference between a low cross and a, and a low, hard pass? Like, it's the same shit. Thing. yeah pretty much it's pretty much shit, it's just i i think cross is just kind of a uh really just a a direction of a pass i guess yeah uh, it's the same shit i <laughs> it, 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 it like I, I play with uh i play uh soccer with some jamaicans and uh they don't say cross they see square so the first time yeah. uh they, they, you know 
the first time I was playing with them, they're like, square is square. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then, yeah. uh, and then I play also with uh, some Colombians and Peruvians, and they don't say, I mean, they don't say, uh, like, well, cross, cross in Spanish, cruza. So they don't say that. They say, uh, cambia, cambia, which means change, change, which that means cross, but fuck it. Anyway, um, and so Pedro crosses it inside or passes it hard pass to Giroud, and Giroud just lets the ball. Let's the ball like bounce off of his foot in Hazard's direction, and Hazard just puts it in. It got a lucky bounce, a deflection, but nevertheless, he was right there, right in front of goal. It was going in either way, deflection or no deflection. And now we're up two one, and Hazard goes and celebrates right in front of the the wave fans. They threw something at him. You saw that? Yeah, yeah. Who the hell knows what <laughs> it was? Hopefully, you're like. I hope it wasn't coins or anything like that, but they were throwing shit at him, and he didn't give a fuck. Hazard yesterday was, he was like 10 foot tall yesterday. He didn't give a single fuck yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my boy. My boy. That's the best Aiden Hazard, when he just plays freely and just doesn't doesn't care, doesn't have to have a worry in the world. He, he was the man yesterday, and he knew it. Yeah, yeah. There's just sometimes, like, I feel like, I feel like Eden Hazard, and I've said this, I've said this before. I've ha- I've tried to make this comparison as best as I can before, and I'm still. It's not perfectly accurate, but it's similar. These two guys are very similar. Eden Hazard and LeBron James. LeBron James has has the knock on him that he's too much of a team player. That LeBron James, in certain spots where he could definitely uh, go to the basket and score and be a little bit more selfish. He has a tendency of passing the ball off and making the correct play. Sometimes the correct play is the play that doesn't involve you. And Hazard and LeBron have that. But God damn it, when they want to be selfish, when they want to just take over, it's 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 beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. Uh, anybody who doesn't think that Eden Hazard is the best player in the Premier League can go fuck themselves because yesterday was a perfect example of that kyle talk to me yeah you know i think uh maybe two years ago or or uh hazard right now he is the best player in in the premier league and there's that shouldn't even be up for debate um and even even if de bruyne was it was healthy Exactly. Out of your shit of that the, old, the only, no, 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 no. We saw in the World Cup, you had a healthy De Bruyne on the same team as Eden Hazard, and still. So I don't want to hear shit. Right, and 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 that's the thing too is is De Bruyne is, in my opinion, he is the only player in the same stratosphere as Hazard in the Premier League. Um, but it, truly, like the the, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up about LeBron, which I agree. I agree with. Um. But it's funny you bring that up because, uh, you know, a lot of people that, you know, claim that they watch the NBA or don't watch the, you know, or claim they watch it and don't watch it, uh, you know, will say about how selfish of a player LeBron is. And I'll be like, have you ever actually watched him play? Because he can be selfish, but that's he, he a lot of times it's when he needs to be selfish. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them claim, you know, just because he went, you know, he, he left Miami and went to the, or he left Cleveland and went to Miami and you know all that other shit, which is you know it, it's just it's dumb. But anyways, the, the the truly elite players, the the LeBron Jameses, the Steph Currys, uh, the the Sidney Crosbys of hockey, uh, the Mike Trouts of baseball, they have it. You can't really measure it, and 
the definition is kind of uh, vague and it, it kind of varies from person to person, but the truly elite players just have it. And it, like I said, you can't really quantify it. It's nothing, you know, Opta stats isn't going to tweet it out, but it's just one of those things that Hazard has that him and De Bruyne both, they can just change a game, like any game. They can turn any game on their head, on its head. And just, it doesn't even matter what's going on outside of it. Yeah. Um, that it's just, you know, Hazard has that. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. And, you know, really this summer was, there was small parts of me that feared that he was going to leave. But as the days went on, it just, I just got the sense that it wasn't going to happen. I felt that if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. And, uh, and it, Thankfully, it did. Yeah, no, I um, I, I, I was a little bit fearful that he was. I, I was a lot fearful that he was going to leave. Um, I, I, I started getting a little bit more confident that he wasn't. A lot more confident that he wasn't when Zidane stepped down. Um, yeah, yep. I, I think that the prospect of Real Madrid plus Zidane, like. As a human being, like, it's hard to say. Like, you've been growing up as a little kid where your idol is coaching a team that, the you know, fuck it, one of the, no the number one team on planet Earth. I mean, whatever. Um, And you have a chance to play for them at the prime of your career. Like, who wouldn't do that? Like, yeah, I, I, underst I understood his point of view. So when Zidane stepped down, I said, "Oh, we could be onto something here. We could, we could catch a break." Uh, and I, I'm just, I think that once we, once our top four position is secured, I think he's going to sign that long term contract. I don't see Real going for him in the summer, and you know, and if they do. What more do you want? Like, he's given us seven years, the best seven years of his life. Like, he's not getting any – he's not going to get any better. He's either going to maintain or, or or start his decline. And he's, like – He's given, 29. You know, he's given us everything. He's given us everything. Like, at, at a certain point, you, you say thank you and, and then you just you move on. Like, we've moved on from our other legends. So – Yeah. So, well, all right. So – he you said it well you said it well it, it, he's going to leave eventually he's not going to yeah. retire in a chelsea shirt it's not going to happen yeah uh, in all likelihood he'll go back to france at the end of his career and you know hey he might go to real madrid and you know hey if we get top four and he wants to go who am i to say no you know because if we finish top four it's going to be in large part to him you know, so I'm not going to hold a grudge against him. If he wants to go to Madrid or he wants to go to Paris or whatever, you know, it, we're going to get we're going to get a good fee for him. Yeah. That's, you know, one thing with Marina in charge, we're going to get a good fee for him. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So going into half, we were two one up and we were on fire, fire, straight fire. So coming out of half, uh, pretty much there was no substitutions, nothing changed, but you had an injury. Uh, Kovacic went out uh, early. Not early, I guess. Yeah, yes, early, but not... Well, it's on. about... It's like the 50th minute or yeah. somewhere in that. Yeah, let's for all intents and purposes, early. 
And you have Ross Barkley come on, who I cannot unsee him as John Cena. He I, I like now I see him as John Cena. Uh, at all times, just the same way the Wolves manager, I see him as Morpheus, and I can't unsee it. I cannot unsee it. The Wolves manager looks just like Morpheus, um, and it's nothing I can do. So Ross Barkley comes in, and I did feel for 15, 20 minutes that we were we didn't have anything. No, not I wouldn't say uh, nothing, but it was just no energy, like that extra spark. It looked like we were gonna coast to two one. Um, and those are the most dangerous, the dangerous times. I, 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 until William came on, I definitely saw a possibility of Cardiff scoring an equalizer and us trying to scramble in the last five, ten minutes to, 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 to go up and get the three points. Um, until William came on, William came on, um, and and it was like back we were back in the first half again where we were on fire. Uh, and William came on f- on for Pedro. I put on Twitter um, an applause for Pedro. Pedro did not score yesterday. He had an opportunity to score, uh, uh, but yesterday was one of those games where you your name doesn't appear on the stat sheet, but he was all over the his he he has been he has been like like almost a new signing. What do you think about that? Yeah, he. I mean. Coming into the season, that was really what I was most worried about was the side opposite of Hazard. Because with him, you know what you're going to get. But with the other side, I really thought, man, we need some goals from that side. Uh, and uh, with Pedro and William both really just at this stage of their careers, I just didn't see it happening. Um, where, you know, I'm not asking for 20 goals, but I don't know, 15, 12, something like that. Um, yeah. Out of the both of them I, or from from, uh, from, from that just, position? From 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 having one there, like having a having a mainstay on the right side, like Hazard on the left, yeah, is basically what I was looking for. Um, and sorry, it's just I mean, really the both of them has just transformed both of them to this like it's almost I mean yeah it's it's two players, but it, it's almost like you know having this contribution of having you know Pedro starting William come on late or William starting Pedro coming on late, where you know it's like you're there's not much of a drop off there. Uh, you know, once the other player comes on as far as quality and stuff. And yeah, and Pedro's just really, he used to be a guy for me that all he did was run around and that was it. Like that was all he could, he could put pressure on, but he couldn't really defend. He couldn't really attack. And that was about it. But now like he just, I don't even know. I, I don't even know who I would compare him to, but he just, with this free role that he has, and I guess it, it sort of, uh, when he was back at Barcelona, that's that's kind of the role that he had there as well. Uh, when he would when he would play, was you know he had this kind of free yeah. uh, free reign to do sort of what he wants, and that's you know that's pretty well what he has to do here. Yeah, and he has like he's just style of play. Like I I had told it um to uh, Jared Andre, who is who I follow him on Twitter. If you guys are not following him on Twitter, he plays uh, professional football in Europe, and he's a massive Chelsea for, for um, supporter, American. Uh, football in Europe and um, I had said that Pedro reminds me when he runs that like uh, and you too Kyle you too you've played against these guys you know know, like the guy that plays and he's running as fast as he can and he makes a noise when he's running as fast as he can like "Ah!" 
like yep. I can definitely yep. see Pedro exactly the same way. Like Pedro run, just I I think it's his arms, the way he run, he just runs. Yeah, like going a hundred miles an hour as fast as he can, and I can just in, in, in you know envision him just running down the field going ah like yeah, or like <laughs> running when he runs or something. Yeah, the, the, and like the faster the faster his arms move, the faster he runs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just it's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> But uh, it, him and it, him and Will are almost like a brand new signing. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a brand new signing. So once the play picked up, uh, I felt like you know it, it definitely felt like a third goal was coming. And sure enough, in the seventy eighth uh, in the seventy eighth minute, uh, Jorginho, who I he Jorginho played great yesterday. Don't get me wrong, but. Jorginho did so many things so like under the radar where he did the second or the third pass before the goal that I think games like this like where he he can go unnoticed he can easily go unnoticed but he's so fucking important he's so damn important to this team it's not even funny yeah. um Jorginho passes the ball up to William William flicks it onto Hazard uh these flicks that William and Hazard uh pulled off yesterday were last year and the year before like the shit that drives me crazy but it is working this year this link up play is amazing i don't know who is it like if it's the system or whatnot but this shit is working so william flicks it onto hazard and takes off running and hazard hits him with a lofted through ball william you know Runs onto the ball and gets taken down within the box for a penalty. And it was a clear penalty. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I didn't yep. hear anybody, uh, like, any controversy around it. But it was it was a penalty. Um, clear as day. And Hazard steps up and buries it for the hat trick. Officially sealing the hat trick. Um, and he had man of the match before the third goal. But it was signed, sealed, delivered, stamped. It, it really took yesterday to the next level. It really yeah. did. And it was just yep. a penalty. But it, it just... Forget the penalty. If William wouldn't have been taken down for the penalty and he would have scored there, that play, that link-up play between, you know, Jorginho, Hazard, and William, like, damn, that was beautiful. And this is only the fifth game of the season. Yeah. We're still into... We're still... This team is still to improve. And yesterday... It, yes, it was Cardiff. So everybody chill out. Relax. Relax. Right, right, right. Relax. But them, the way that these guys were playing, the confidence, who knows if it was because of Cardiff in spite of, like, I don't know. I don't know. But it was so awesome to see yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, games like this are are nice to sort of, you really get a gauge of where, especially for a team like Chelsea, who is going through this new transition, playing this new style of football, you get a gauge as to, uh, you know, just where you're at in the phase of switching into, uh, you know, life under Mauricio Sarri, where, you know, you, you go out, you play a team that they're not really going to go at you a ton. Um, and you can kind of see, they're, I mean, they're a bogey team. You know, they're, yeah. they're in all likelihood are going to go right back down this year. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably going to take a small miracle for them to stay up. But again, five games in, you get a nice little benchmark uh, as to where exactly this team is. And 
like you said, there, there's no real overarching conclusions that you can draw from it. But it, it was good to see that, you know, that we can break a team down like this and <clears throat> that, uh, you know, this whole Sarismo, sorry ball has has accelerated and, and gotten here quicker than and look, it's it's not the end product. But uh, like you said, but it's nice to see that it's progressing quicker than I think many, myself included, thought that it would. Yeah, hell yeah. Like it, it's I mean, let's face it in years past. This would have been a game where we would have ground out 2-1, and it would have been a tight game. We may have even drawn. Last year, we would have drawn this game. For sure. For sure, yeah. we would have drawn. Yep. This game would have been a draw. Yeah. Um, But it's like we've won 4-1, and it wasn't, uh, you know, a handball. Like, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't, ah, two of those goals, three of those goals were a gift. No, we earned every goal. And shit, if our finishing was a little bit better... We could have even had one more, two more. That Kovacic, yep. that, I mean, you give that play to Kovacic 10 times, who's to say that he doesn't bury it 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10, you know? Yep. Um, so it's just so nice to see. And then, I, I mean, like I said, we finished the game 4-1 in the 82nd minute. Uh, William gets the ball from the space from Alonzo and just, you know, hits off a rifle, shoots a cannon, an absolute bomb from outside the box, upper 90, to uh, seal 4-1 victory and truly put the game. I mean, the game was out of reach, but it was for sure out of reach at that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And that was it, my man. Like, it was yesterday's victory. Uh, it was just a fun game. It was just a fun game. Fun game. And these are the games that we need to have throughout the season uh, against these lower team teams. Uh, look, if we're going to challenge for the title, we can afford to drop. We can afford to lose five games, right? Is it the, the math works out. You can afford to lose five games, which is 15 points, which puts you at a hundred points overall. Yeah, that's yep. Yep. Overall. Then you can draw three more, maybe three to four more. The point is, the point is, these are the games that we have to win. You know, if we win all of these games, we can afford to drop points against Liverpool, Spurs, and City. We can afford to lose, uh, uh, not lose, but drop points against those teams if we are winning these games. Because one of these teams will force us to drop points. It's 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 bound to happen. It could happen next exactly. week against West Ham. It could happen down the line in the season. It could happen in March when I may or may not be at Stanford Bridge for my first trip to the bridge against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Maybe, maybe not, but somebody I know is saying it's looking possible. It's looking likely. So it, it's going to happen. Um, but like, these are the games that we have to win. These are the games that we have to do everything possible to get three points. If we want to challenge for the title, if we want to make sure that we're in the top three, uh, top four, um, next, uh, at the end of the season. So it, it's just so fun to see like this team is so goddamn fun. So much fun. Well, and, you know, it was the first game back from an international break too. And those games, they can really be tricky. I mean, regardless of who you're playing, but 
you know, like you said, we're going to draw points. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. Uh, I mean, until I'm proven wrong, like you said earlier in the show, we're going to win every match. But the fact of the matter is we're going to draw points to City or Liverpool or Spurs or United or whatever. But what what really matters is what we do when we're not playing those teams. And if we're if we're winning games like this, especially four to one in fashions like that, not where, you know, hey, we went one nil down. Oh, thank God. We're back up two one. Let's just let's pack it in. Let's just, you know, pass the ball around for the next 45 minutes and, and call it a day. You know, that that's that's not at all what it was. Yeah. So, uh, you know, beating these teams, especially in this fashion, it, it affords us the ability to uh, not saying, you know, it, it, it'll still suck to drop points to, you know, Liverpool or United or whoever. But it it affords us that ability that it doesn't hurt nearly as much. Uh, if we're be- beating the Cardiffs, uh, the Fulhams, you know, the teams of, of of that nature. Yeah, yeah. And it's something you uh, mentioned about coming back from the international break. Uh, Sorry spoke about it before the match. He said, quote, unquote, and I'm still, how am I doing, Kyle, with these uh, quotes? I'm doing You're good. doing well. All You're right. doing well. All right, well. so here we go. Quote, this is what Sorry said. I didn't say this. Sorry said it. It says, I remember in my first season in Naples, the average points per match during the season was 2.28, 2.28, I think. But the average at Napoli after international break was only 1.3 or 1.32. Uh, so I know that these matches after the break are very, very difficult. So he already, it seems like this game he had circled on his calendar and made sure that, hey, guys, we need to be, you know, we need to be on our game. We need to be, you know, locked in, ready to go for this game because this could be a game where we draw points. Um, and it was just awesome to see. It was just awesome to see 4-1 victory at home, at the bridge. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't a, a fluky 4-1. It was a legit 4-1. You had Eden Hazard going off, uh, again, showing the world that he is amongst the best in the world top five for sure however you want to wherever you want to put him in the top five is fine by me um but he's there he's absolutely there and even after the match uh i don't have the exact quote for it but after the match they asked sorry about what he thought of eden hazard and he said that at napoli he thought that eden hazard was amongst the best player in europe uh best players in europe but you know, he's changed his opinion that Eden Hazard might be the best player in Europe, especially now. Especially now. You had uh, Cristiano Ronaldo today finally scored a goal, two goals for uh, for Juventus. And I, and, 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 and I want to take a second to, speaking of Juventus, did you see what Douglas Costa did today? Yeah, that was Come bad. On. I didn't see the. I, I saw. I heard that he uh, he elbowed and then headbutted the guy. I didn't see that, but I did see him spit on the other the the swallow player, and that just yeah, that's bad. Yeah, um, Douglas Costa. For those who who are listening to this and don't know exactly what happened, Douglas Costa um, and Juventus they were playing uh, Sam. Sam Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I don't speak Italian, so I can't say their <laughs> damn name. But they were playing a team. And something, something happened because I only just saw the clips on Twitter. Um, something, something happened. Douglas Costa got in the face of a, the uh, the opposition player. And the dude, legit, not like one of those spits where you're talking and a 
you know, spit flies from your mouth accidentally. He legit, with intention, spit on the guy's face. Now, I'm going to tell you, everybody is afforded shock in the moment where something happens to you like, holy shit. And while you're processing the information, I get that. That happens to me. I process the information. And I don't know if you read the book of what happens when people spit in your face. First page, spit on your face process information when you turn that page and you look on the back what it says is immediately beat person's ass <laughs> uh, and i don't that's that's what i would have done i i don't yeah. i don't I, professional or not you spit on my face that you that's that's a violation that doesn't go unpunished that might be the most disrespectful thing that someone can do yeah spit on another person that's uh that's that's pretty disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, Kyle, let's let's uh deep dive on this real quick. If you had sure. to if you had to if I lined you up, if I sat you down and said, "Kyle, one of these things are going to happen. You're going to either get you can pick which one you want to happen. Spit on, punched in the face or kicked in the face. Why is it that spit on in the face is the worst out of those three <laughs> like like if you i think if you ask most people like most people are like holy hell yeah like you punch me in the face is way less uh like disrespectful than gets spat on in the face why is that well i think for me uh so i've never been punched in the face or kicked in the face i've never been in a fight in my entire life uh so because am, nobody wants the... to fuck with you, Kyle. That's the reason why. <laughs> they know. When you walk into the building, people know not to fuck with this guy. I, I put off this energy, exactly. I stand a, uh, a nice 4 foot 12, and I just put off this energy. Is that, it the uh, face tattoos, Kyle? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's the teardrop tattoos that give it away. <laughs> um, I have been spit on, though, and it's, uh, it's, not, it's not very pleasant. So I think... For me personally, I think that's what it is, is that uh, I've never been punched or kicked in the face. And, uh, you know, so I can't really relate to that. Um, but I, I see what you mean, though. Like, I, and I, I don't really know why. Like, if, say, I had been in fights before and stuff and I had to pick one, I, I would still pick. Spit on. Not, I, I would pick to not get spit on. Yeah, I don't know. And, and that seems to be like a consensus across the board that. No matter where you are on earth, if you ask somebody, spitting, like, where does that rank, like, in the level of disrespect? And let's inc and punching and kicking is on that list. I think spitting in the face ranks one or two. I can't oh, – Jesus Christ. If somebody takes a piece – I think the only thing that would beat it, if somebody goes into their ass and throws a piece of shit at you, like, that – I think yeah, that's I, worse. Yeah, I think that's I worse. Think, Bodily uh, fluids is 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 worse than actual physical contact. Yeah, and I think part of what it is is that my god. If I see someone that's going to spit and granted, I mean this Douglas Costa is a little bit of a different situation cuz he did actually take physical action, yeah. but when I see that people gets when, you know, people spit on me during soccer games and stuff like that, I see it as you're too much of a pussy to punch me. Is basically the way Ooh. I see it. So yeah. that's why I, I think that's why it's so disrespectful, I guess. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I guess it's just one of those things in our DNA, dude. Like, it's just across the world. And, I mean, again, 
This is the All American Chelsea podcast, not the All American. What would you least? What would you rather have? Somebody punch you, <laughs> kick you, or spit on you? Like podcast? No, I don't fucking know, bro. Like I don't know, man. It's just one of those things. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. This is just one of those things. I just, it's just one of those things. I, I just don't ever want to be in a position where I am, literally in my mind going, oh, "Well, this is it. You were just spat on." Now what? <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, it's go time, motherfucker. Like, I, I just, I prefer to live my entire life and not be in that spot. Like, absolutely. If yeah. you ask me, I, like, I, I would never spit on someone. So I think that's why I think it's so disrespectful. I, I, I could never imagine myself doing that. Even if someone, like, when those, when I've been spit on before, I, I never thought, in my act of retaliation, I should spit on them. Yeah, I, I just. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I've never, I, I just, I don't know. Like I've been in, in, I've especially in the sports that I've played and what I choose to, my recreations, I've been in some rumbles and I just, spitting was just never the option. Like spitting right. was, ne- it was just never, was not there. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I guess I've lived a tamed life and, you know, I've just never been in a situation where spitting is an option. I, I just, it's never been happened, but Again, this is the All American Chelsea podcast. Um, <laughs> so after the match, like I said, that where they asked sorry, where does that in Hazard rank? He said he might be the best player in Europe. Um, I'm not going to argue with the guy. Sorry knows way more about football than I do. So if he says Eden Hazard's the best player in Europe, who am I to argue? Who am I? Yeah, I'm, I'm not nobody, dude. I'm just a guy in Miami. Like, <laughs> talk to him. I don't know. I've I've always said it, but then again, I, again, I'm just a guy. Sorry seeing it now. So might you know, for those who think otherwise, don't I'm telling you to kiss my ass if you think Eden Hazard's not the best player in the Premier League. But go to talk to Sorry because he's also somebody that's saying it, but he has more credibility than I do. <laughs> oh, so next we have in the Premier League, we are playing West Ham. Well, our next game is technic our next game is the in the Europa League where we play the Greek team, and I'm going to need help on this one, bro. I'm going to need help on this one. P-O-A-K. Thessalonica FC. P-A-O-K. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. We play them in the Europa League on the 20th on Thursday, and then we're right back at it in the shits on Sunday against West Ham at, you know, at West Ham. At Olympic Park, right? That's the name of their place? The Olympic Park? Something like that? Uh, Olympic London Stadium? Stadium? London Stadium. London Stadium, yep. So, I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to these next two matches, my man. I'm looking forward to these next two matches. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Sarri is going to play this first uh, Europa League match, especially going on the road, um, going to Greece. Uh, I've never been, but I assume it's quite a trek, I would imagine. Um, you know, so I'm curious to see as far as, you know, youth-wise, how exactly he plays this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm also looking forward to this. I, I expect to see Christensen. I expect to see uh, Gary Cahill. I expect to see Zappa, Victor Moses. You know, all the all the guys, the rest of the guys. This is what they're there. I expect to see. I expect to see, excuse me, Hudson-Odoi and um, Ampadu 
light grease on fire. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I expect. The light, lighter on fire, especially Hudson Adoy. Um, shit, we went through the whole game without mentioning the lineup and the exclusion of Morata. Do you start Morata on Thursday? I think so. Um, I think that it would be. I Morata's a guy who needs to be in the right place mentally, and I think that I, I truly do think his intentions are good. I think that he. He truly does want to be at Chelsea. I think he just uh, some of the things that he says. I, I feel like he needs some uh, like PR classes, basically, as far as this is how you should answer this question, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think that you know he's a guy when when his mind's in the right place and when he gets going, he's hard to stop. I mean, the first half of last season, he was insane. He was on fire. Fire. Yeah. So There's fired. no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And then, uh, you know, some shit happened off the field and stuff, and eventually the goals stopped coming. And it, it, it was pretty predictable. So I personally, I, I would start him. I think it would be a good way to, uh, I think right now, uh, I mean, Helgerud had two assists uh, on uh, yesterday on Saturday. Yeah. So there's sorry doesn't really have any reason to – you know, to not have Giroud be his Premier League striker at the moment. So I, I think it would be good if uh, if we give Morata a run out here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also believe in Morata. I think I think the man can play. Um I just I hope it works out for him. He seems like a good dude. He seems yeah, like a good he does. dude. And he reminds me so much of Fernando Torres, which is a good and bad thing. I like I I I said it on this podcast I've mentioned it on the podcast. I think the biggest problem with Morata is that he reminds us so much of Fernando Torres, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. And he reminds us he he makes us remember Diego Costa, um, which is also a good thing and a bad thing. Um, yep. And I just you know I I hope like I for every all of our players I hope. Nothing but the best for him because it, at the end of the day, it helps us. You know, we it's a it, it's a great thing that if both of G- Olivier Giroud and Morata are on fire, and it makes Sari's decision on who to start difficult. That helps us. That helps the team. You know, so that's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have, and 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 we need Morata if we want to uh, continue progressing in our plans. So yeah, yep. So Kyle, talk to me, my man. Where can the people find you uh, on Twitter? Uh, what's the name of your podcast? Again, because I definitely butchered the entire thing um, in the beginning of the podcast. Where can people find you? So you can follow me on Twitter at KB Jelly. Uh, if you would like to listen KB to my podcast. <laughs> I just put... <laughs> hey, ladies, yeah. uh, they don't call me KB Jelly for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, it was a nickname in high school, so I and I got Twitter back in uh, 2009 after I graduated. So it was just kind of something I ran with and uh, kind of stuck with uh, in time. So uh, you can follow me there, uh, and I mean you'll pretty much find everything that I do there. Uh, my Chelsea podcast is Carefree, Carefree Blues podcast. Uh, that's with Amity TM, uh, who works at Copa 90. Uh, Amity and I, yeah, we're on like our fifth year doing this. Uh, life has been hellacious hence why uh, it's been so long with me to be able to carve out a time to be on here um 
but you know, Omni and I we're going to get back in the studio here soon and record. Uh, so yeah, you can you can listen there. Uh, if you're into baseball, I have a baseball podcast called Slicing Foul Podcast. You can follow that on Twitter at Slicing Foul Pod. Uh, readchelsea.com is where I do a little bit of Chelsea writing on the side and. Uh, basically, if you just follow me on Twitter, you can find everything that I do there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If if it's published, I retweet it, tweet it, whatever. Uh, there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was I just thought of something and I was gonna ask you. God damn it! Oh, <laughs> and I remember the comedian uh, for the Jocko podcast. His name is Theo Vaughn. I swear it came, it popped into my mind throughout the podcast. I was just uh, I I didn't um, I didn't mention it. And he has. A podcast, a hilarious podcast called Fuck. Now I forget the name of his podcast. This past <laughs> weekend or some shit like that. But his name is Theo Vaughn. Um What else? I think I think KB man, I think we we uh we covered it all. We definitely covered it all. We got a thorough match review. So again, if you want to find the man He's on Twitter, KB Jelly. Careful, cause he will slide into that DM. <laughs> you know, with the ease, they don't call me. They don't call him KB Jelly for nothing. So, uh, that's it, my man. That's all I got. I appreciate you having me on. This has been fun, and we'll uh, we'll get you get, we'll get you on the uh, Carefree Blues Pod here sometime soon too. Awesome, awesome. All right, everyone. That's the end of the interview. Check, check, check. Okay, there it is. All right, so. What's going on, everyone? Back after the uh, after the you know conversation I had with Kyle again. I want to say a big shout out to Kyle. Thank you so much, my man, for coming on the podcast, for for just being a pioneer in American Chelsea podcasting. Uh, you know, I, I'm appreciative for you know to for him to come on when he didn't have to, and we've been going back and forth for about two months on getting him on the podcast. And um, we finally made it happen. He, and Kyle's welcome anytime, any single time. And I know he's going to come on plenty of time. So that's it. That's all I got. I'm going to come at you again this week with another podcast for sure. This week we have, hey, we have our first Europa game on Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday. So we should, see, you know, that's going to be exciting. Who do we got? Hey, we got the, I know exactly who we got. We got P. A O K D Salo. I don't even know. I'm not even gonna attempt to fucking pronounce their name. I I I have no idea. I'll wait for the game on Thursday to learn how to pronounce the team's name. But we got Thursday. We got the Europa League, the first game. Hopefully the youngsters get a good go on Thursday. I expect Hudson Adoy to 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 go out there and and set this team on fire. I want. I expect Hudson Odoi to have to to inspire horror movies. To to like the fear that he instills on that team that legends will be speak spoken about this kid. Do you guys remember the time when the seventeen year old from England came over here and lit this field on fire? I remember I was there. That's how I want people to talk after this game. So but I don't even know what the fuck I did there. What what was that? God damn. So anyways, so that's it. That's the episode of the podcast. I'll be coming back again with you this week. I, I'm I usually do it I'll usually do it on a Wednesday. 
but let's wait. I will do a post-match on Thursday, and then we have our game this weekend against West Ham on Sunday. So we'll do, I'll be back at it on Sunday with a uh, post-match. So we'll do a pre, a post-match for the Europa League and a pre-match uh, for West Ham on the same episode. See if I get a guess or be flying Mr. Solo Dolo. So, again, that's all I got. Thank you again to Kyle. Um, he didn't have to come on, but he, he, he did me a solid by coming on. I appreciate it. And the dude's a pioneer. He made my He's making my life easier. Him and the London's Blue podcast, all the other, guy, all the other American podcasts that have come before me. Just making life so much easier for me. Uh, podcasting the other pioneers, man. Big up, big respect, big salute to them. Um, that's it. That's all I got. So again, thank you to Kyle. Please follow him on Twitter. Uh, if you're not following me, please follow me on Twitter, All American CFC. Uh, please like, and share, and review. Leave a review for this podcast on iTunes. It helps out a lot. Uh, thank you again. So much to each and every single one of you that have reached out to me. Um, that just support my movement, support my podcast, uh, support what I'm doing without even knowing me. I love each and every single one of you guys. I swear to God, I'll always be grateful. I'll always be thankful to each and every single person that supports uh, what I'm doing and that you know that shows belief in uh, in what I'm doing. And accomplishing, I'm just a dude trying to accomplish my dreams, bro. I'm just, just that's who I am. I'm just a guy, man. And if I can do it, uh, I know that you can do whatever you can, you know, what you set out to do. So, again, thank you so much to each and every single one of you. I love you. I got an upgrade. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm going to be coming on, on Thursday. Got a little bit of upgrade to the podcast. I'm excited, you guys. To hear the upgrade on the podcast, um, I can't wait. It's going to be dope. I can't wait. We're leveling up around here. Leveling up around here. We can't. You always got to move forward and level up and, and, and get better. Every day, get better. So, big shit's coming soon. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. Excited for, for, for just life in general. I got big plans coming up. So... Again, thank you to Kyle. Thank you to each and every single one of you. I love each and every one of you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Podcast will be out on Friday. Give me some room. That's all I got. Have a great day. I love you. Later. How about the coop? How about the shoot? Y'all gotta move. Y'all gotta move. Give me the juice. Back on my bullshit. My back to the water. My back on your wall and you finish. Back to these bullets. It's back to the job. Put my Mac out and all of you running. Back on my hood. Shit is back to the pushing these tacks and I'm actually pumping Can't fuck with you rappers, you practically sucking You might have went platinum, but that don't mean nothing I'm actually buzzing this time Straight out the kitchen, I told him the oven is mine I do not fuck with you guys If I don't kill you, just know you go suffer this time I ain't no gangster, but I got some bangers Some chains and some blazing, a couple of nines Choppers and jammies, a partridge of pantry My 20s and Christmas was nothing but lies Run at you hot like a sumo They say I talk like a chulo I live in Mars, I'm not Bruno Bitch, I'm a duck, call me Cujo You play your cards, I reverse on you all And I might just drop all like a Uno they both got my own mind, they call it Obuto and all of you culo Never the better the level, I've been together to ghetto Looking for something I probably can never find now I'm sick of relevant till the beat die down The truth is niggas just really want me tied down I've been alone and I never needed nobody Just only me and my shotty, I tell these niggas to lie down Keep all the money, I never wanted a lifestyle I just pray to God I'm a son of a yard right now
for the other side of anyone who ever wants smoke. When I die, I'm going out as an underdog who never lost hope. You in the wrong cab, down the wrong path, nigga, wrong way, wrong road. Snakes in the grass trying to slither fast, I just bought a fucking lawnmower. I said a lot of things in my day. I admit it, this is payback in a way. I regret it that I did it. I don't want a couple Grammys, but I sold my soul to get them. Wasn't in it for the trophies, just the fucking recognition. Fuck's a difference, I'm that cracker. Been the law, fuck the rules. Man, I used to risk it all. Now I got too much to lose. I've been eating long enough. Man, my stomach should be full. I just ate, lick the plate, my buffet. Lucky me, fuck you, think. I got a couple of mentions, still I don't have any manners. You got a couple of ghostwriters, but to these kids, it don't actually matter. They're asking me what the fuck happened to hip-hop I said I don't have any answers Cause I took a nail when I dropped my last album It hurt me like hell but I'm back on these rappers And actually coming from humble beginnings I'm somewhat uncomfortable winning I wish I could say what a wonderful feeling We're on the upswing like we're punching the ceiling But nothing is feeling like anyone has any fucking ability To even stick to a subject is killing me The inability to pin humility Why don't we make a bunch of fucking songs about nothing And mumble and fuck it I'm going for the juggler Shit is a circus you clowns that are coming up Don't give an ounce of a motherfucker about the ones who are here Before you did made rap Let's recap Way back and seize that Recap on tape decks that's what G raps and came back. We need three stacks ASAP and bring maps to ace back. Cause it's half of these rappers have brain damage. All the lean rapping face tats are up out like tree sap. I don't hate trap and I don't want to see mad. But in fact, what a old me at the same cat that would take that feedback and aim back. I need that. But I think it's inevitable. They know a button to press it. Whatever the pull to get me to snap though. And if I pay attention, I'm probably making it bigger. But you've been taking your dicks on a fucking back hole. On the freaking minute, got me thinking of finishing everything with a seed of minutes and reaping the benefits. I'm asleep with the will again as I begin to thinking about an evil intent of another beat. I'm a kill again. Cause even if I got it in the beating a pill again, even ketamine and methamphetamine with a mini gin be at least 70 or 300 milligram and I might as well cause I'ma end up being the villain again Level to the shit I got an elevator you could never say to me I'm not a fucking record breaker I sound like a broken record every time I break a record nobody could ever take away the legacy I made a navigator motherfucker never got a right to be this way I got spikes inside my DNA but I wrote till the wheels fall off I'm working tirelessly Hey. It's the moment y'all been waiting for Like California wishing rain and pour And that drought y'all been praying for My downfall From the 8 mile to the south pass To the same marsh that outlaw That they say is a writer Might have fell off I'm back on that bull like the cowboy So y'all gotta move Yeah, y'all gotta move Yeah, y'all gotta move Give me some room Give me some room Give me the juice How about the coupe? 